0: Three, two, one, oh my goodness, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler, this is Strong in Sports, episode 351, I hope you're doing very well. Uh, welcome in, very short episode today. Uh, I got some stuff in the pipeline, it's just not done yet, it's coming. And I figured, like, I want to put out what I have, so I'm just going to do a short episode. It is what it is. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers today, the Chicago Bears, their head coach, Matt Nagy. We're going to talk about, I can't believe I'm going to talk about it, the Jake Paul fight, which I, it's grabbed my attention, and I didn't think it would. And then we'll finish with a, we have one question, one Ask Zach question. Um, I There's no there's just one that got my attention. I'm like, I want, to, I want to talk about that. So we'll do that at the end. I want to start today, though. With a happy story, so uh, a couple of days ago, I was driving to the beach with my fiance. A couple of days ago, and uh, I was telling her about you know the story of Lamar Jackson at the NFL draft, and in telling her that story, I was reminded of how much I love that story, kind of how beautiful it is, kind of how it, frankly, is one of my favorite NFL draft moments of all time. It's really the special, cool moment, and so. In the 2018 NFL Draft, there were five quarterbacks taken in the first round. You had Baker Mayfield, number one overall, Sam Darnold, number three, Josh Allen, seventh overall, Josh Rosen, 10th to the Arizona Cardinals, and then you had Lamar Jackson drafted at the very end of the first round. And uh, Lamar was actually at the NFL Draft. It was at the Cowboys Stadium in Texas. And so again, Lamar was at the event. And he's in his suit. He's in the green room waiting to be drafted, and usually you only go to the NFL draft if you're 100% sure you're going to get taken in the first round. If, you're, if there's any doubt, like if you're not a top 10 pick, basically, you don't go, because nobody wants to be like Aaron Rodgers, where you're sitting in the green room, camera's on you, and you're not getting drafted. You're not getting drafted. It's taking forever, and then the only thing kind of worse than that is to go to the NFL draft. You're there for the first round. And then nobody takes you. Like that's an ultimate rough moment. And so usually like every year, about eight to 10 guys go to the NFL draft, usually way less than that even, because unless you're guaranteed to be a first round pick, you're like, I'm not going to go. I'm going to save myself that problem. And so pick 32 of the 2018 first round of the NFL draft comes around and Lamar is still there and he's in danger of being that guy, that guy who goes and doesn't get picked. And remember, at this time, you know, leading up to the 2018 NFL Draft, there were literal, there were conversations where people were thinking, hmm, you know, Lamar is this incredible athlete. Maybe he should play receiver, maybe running back or receiver. Like, maybe we put Lamar in a position where he can use his legs all the time and take advantage of that athletic ability. Not everybody was thinking that way, but there were some people who were like, Lamar's not a quarterback. And so pick 32 comes around. And then the Ravens traded with Philly to get back into the first round and pick 32nd overall. And they drafted Lamar Jackson. And it's such a cool moment. Uh, You know, Baltimore wanted Lamar. And there's this cool moment where, you know, they're at the draft in Texas. Lamar gets interviewed by Deion Sanders, prime time. And Lamar is obviously emotional. You can see he's kind of upset he fell that far. He's probably like, well, I can't believe no one wanted me. And uh, Lamar goes, it's on. Like, he really like, it's on. He's ready to fight. And uh, he mentions a Super Bowl in the interview. Uh, you know, Deion Sanders goes, what is Baltimore getting by drafting you? And, you know, man, Lamar goes, they're getting everything I have. And then, he, yeah, I think he does mention the Super Bowl right after that. And I'm like, oh, it's so cool. Like, he's ready for the fight. And it's one of those moments where, there's just a lot of drama in that moment. A lot of tension where he could have been that guy who goes and doesn't get picked. But Baltimore traded up. They wanted him. They went and got their guy. And uh, finally, somebody believed in him. And then he gives this really awesome interview. So as I look back, that's a special NFL draft moment. Maybe one of my favorite of all time. Uh, that moment where Lamar Jackson got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. I just I wanted to talk about something positive. I feel like I've been... I don't mean to be, but very, like a lot of my topics have been, you know, the Bengals are bad. Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, I don't want to be always negative. And that's a moment where I'm like, I, I know I can highlight something positive. Uh, one of the better moments in NFL draft history. shift gears. Um, this is my last topic about Aaron Rodgers for... At least a month uh, for quite a while. I, I, first of all, I don't want to argue with people. Like I can argue all day with YouTube comments and people on Twitter and Instagram. And it's like, look, I, I've said my piece. I think it's out there. You agree or you don't. Uh, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm getting kind of burned out on this story. And I think as the month goes on, a lot of people are slowly going to get where I am, where they're like, I am, I'm really tired of hearing about Aaron Rodgers. It's dominating the media space. And r- the reality is it's all up in the air. Like if the Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers, it's not going to happen until at least June 1st, because by trading Aaron in June, the Packers save a ton of money. And so it's just out there. And, uh, we just have a, a while to wait. Maybe some crazy thing happens and there's some breaking news, like a new development. And it's actually a new development. It's not like one of Aaron's former teammates saying something that probably has Aaron's approval. So, uh, Until further notice, this is going to be my last topic on Aaron Rodgers for a long, long time. Uh, But I will say I do wonder if there's a handshake deal between the Denver Broncos and the Green Bay Packers. You know, I wonder if there's a silent or very quiet agreement between those two teams. We'll wait till June when it's easier to trade Aaron and we'll make a trade down the road. Because I look at what Denver did in the NFL draft. And it was a bit confusing because the Broncos had an opportunity to draft Justin Fields in the top 10, even, and they need a quarterback. And Denver was like, nah, we're going to pass. And they drafted a corner, Patrick Sertan from Alabama. Really good corner out of, out of Alabama. I think, it, whatever. And I, um, it was a weird pick because I'm like, you need a quarterback. Oh, and by the way, you drafted the number one thing. The Green Bay Packers need a corner. And it really doesn't take a whole lot of convincing to convince me. Like you can say a couple things and I'm like, I kind of believe you. It doesn't take a lot to convince me that the Denver Broncos may have a handshake deal with the Packers to trade Aaron down the road. And I got to say, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers play for the Denver Broncos. I think the Denver Broncos are Aaron's best shot. At winning another Super Bowl, Denver has a ton of weapons. Here is what the Denver Broncos offense looks like. They have at minimum at least four stud receivers. They have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and KJ Hamler. They have a star tight end in the making, Noah Fant. Noah Fant, the tight end playing with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football, that's a nightmare for NFL defenses. That's akin to George Kittle or akin to Travis Kelsey. Like, there's a, this guy, Noah Fant is so talented and nobody knows about him. He gets a good quarterback. You're going to know very quickly who Noah Fant is. They have Melvin Gordon at running back. They've got a solid offensive line. Denver has a bunch of good players on defense. Like Denver has a really, really good roster. Now, they had a ton of guys hurt last year, but there's a lot of talent on the Broncos roster. They just need a quarterback. And it's logical to think, hmm, well— well, the equation is this, Aaron Rodgers, a very, very talented quarterback, plus a really good Denver Broncos roster, that adds up to a team that should compete for a Super Bowl. That's a Super Bowl contending Denver Broncos team. Aaron Rodgers plus the Broncos equals Super Bowl contender. And that's what I really want to see. I've been very, very critical of Aaron. I've been, I have high expectations. I've said it before. I, I try to be fair. I say, I, I praise good stuff and I... When I don't agree, I I let you know. But if Aaron gets traded away to Denver, that's a great opportunity for him to be a great leader and to elevate his new team. And it sounds like a blast to watch. I I love football. I love high-quality football. I love high-quality quarterback play. Aaron gives that to us every time we get to watch him. And watching Aaron play with a ton of great receivers and a great tight end and a good running back, I'm like, that sounds incredible. Oh, by the way, they got a defensive-minded head coach. they got a good offensive coordinator. And because it's a defensive-minded head coach, the coach will get out of the way. Let Aaron do his thing. And it's kind of ironic. Peyton Manning left his longtime team, went to Denver, won a Super Bowl. Maybe Aaron can make the exact same move and repeat history. It'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of exciting. You know, Brett Favre left Green Bay and never got to another Super Bowl. I was disappointed about that. I would love to see Aaron leave and do well. And by the way, if Aaron really is mad at the Packers general manager, the best thing he can do then is to leave and win a Super Bowl without them. Like, that's how you get payback. Prove yourself right. Do what Tom Brady did. Say, okay, you don't want me. Okay, you want to replace me? You want to, like, the way to get payback is to leave and win a Super Bowl. That's how Aaron wins that scenario. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers go to Denver. I mean, I'd love to see him on another team. A great roster. By the way, if he's on the Denver Broncos roster, you know what you can't do anymore? You can't blame Green Bay. You can't blame the receiving core. You can't blame the draft picks. You can't blame the general manager. You can't blame the head coach. Nah, you. If Aaron leaves Green Bay... And then goes to a good team with good players to play with, a good roster, a bunch of receivers. I like that because the pressure's on Aaron then. He's supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks ever. And if you give Aaron, who we've heard the problem is Green Bay over and over. It's, the, it's everything but Aaron's fault. That's why they can't win a Super Bowl. It's not Aaron Rodgers. Well, let's see Aaron go to a really good team. And then we'll find out. Okay, pressure's on. Time to prove it. Prove how incredibly amazing you are. I I like that storyline. I don't hate Aaron. I'd I'd love to see Aaron go to another team and win a Super Bowl. That'd be awesome. And I think Denver is the best shot for Aaron to win another Super Bowl. By the way, the Broncos are also a really good trade partner for the Packers. Denver can give Green Bay uh, a corner. A guy who was just drafted in the top 10, Patrick Sertan. Uh, You know, Green Bay needs a corner. Green Bay could also get a couple first round picks from Denver. And maybe Denver goes, hey, you want Teddy Bridgewater? Because I would imagine that, you know, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded away. Then the Packers long term plan for like the next 10 years, they're thinking we could use Jordan Love as our long term quarterback. But the question is, does Green Bay have a starter who does Green Bay have a quarterback who can be their day one starter week one? This upcoming season. And if for some reason Jordan Love, they feel like he isn't ready, Teddy Bridgewater is a veteran quarterback who's very solid, who can come in and play decent football week one until Jordan Love is eventually ready. And then when Jordan Love is the guy, hey, you got a veteran, good backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. So trading Teddy Bridgewater to Green Bay makes a lot of sense. By the way, if the Packers get rid of Aaron Rodgers, then the only quarterback they'll have left on their roster is Jordan Love. And you can't play football with only one quarterback on your roster. They're going to need to bring in some kind of backup quarterback if they get rid of Aaron. So Denver, they can give him a corner. They can give them a couple first-round picks and a veteran quarterback. Denver, it makes a lot of sense to trade with Green Bay. And I think the Packers can take this Aaron Rodgers situation and turn it into a really... Really great thing for them. Like the GM, uh, it looks rough right now because Aaron doesn't seem to like him. He's going to have to trade away Aaron Rodgers. And it's hard to trade away an MVP quarterback <laughs> and do well and win the trade. Like that's a almost impossible scenario where you trade away one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like that's hard to come out away from that where people go, what a great trade for Green Bay, you know? Because most people go, well, you lost an incredible quarterback who might win a Super Bowl without you. And if Aaron Rodgers does win a Super Bowl without Green Bay, that's a that's a tough loss for Brian Gutekunst, the GM in Green Bay. But imagine that you can trade for a corner, which helps your defense, uh, Patrick Sertan. You get a couple first-round picks. You get Teddy Bridgewater, who can be your duct tape quarterback until Jordan Love is developed. And then if you use those picks well and do develop Jordan Love, then trading away, you know, Aaron Rodgers could really rebuild your team because you already have a good team that's gone to two straight NFC championship games. Then you get a young quarterback, you get uh, a new player on defense, a couple first round picks. By the way, you don't have the hefty contract you're paying Aaron Rodgers so you can pay other people. I think it's possible the Packers trade away Aaron Rodgers and end up in a good position where they get a lot of good players in a pretty solid hall and build their roster around Jordan love. And then imagine this, this is my like dream of dreams. Every once in a while I put out something and I say, this is not entirely realistic, but it's a fun thought, right? This is a dream scenario. Imagine two years from now, two years from now, if Aaron gets traded to Denver, the Packers, sorry, the the, the Denver Broncos are rolling. They got Aaron Rodgers. year two, Imagine Denver goes to the Super Bowl and then imagine there's another team that was on the other side of that trade who got a lot of good players and has a young quarterback they're building. Imagine two years from now we have the Denver Broncos and Aaron Rodgers playing the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. That's a dream of dreams, but that is an amazing story. Oh my goodness, the drama, the storyline, the narrative, like it'd be so incredible and so much fun to have that matchup. And so I want to see Aaron leave. I want to see Aaron Rodgers on a new team. That's a great story. And then imagine if Aaron left and won a Super Bowl. (sighs) That's awesome. Like, that'd be so cool. I I, I would love to see that. Uh, And so, look, a trade between Denver and Green Bay makes a lot of sense to me. And by the way, I don't know that it makes sense for the Packers to trade with the 49ers. In fact, I don't know that it makes sense for the 49ers to trade for Aaron Rodgers. You might go... Well, you get an amazing quarterback, but the 49ers just drafted Trey Lance number three overall to be their quarterback of the future. The 49ers have their plan. They feel good about it. And then also I think Denver is a better trade partner for Green Bay. They can give them a really good corner, a couple first round picks and Teddy Bridgewater. I just think that all around Denver is the best place for Aaron to go. And Denver is the best team for the Packers to trade with. All right, uh, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we're going to talk about Jake Paul. We're going to talk about Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach, and we will end with one, just one Ask Zach question. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope you're doing very, very well. Uh, I want to talk about the Chicago Bears because this offseason, the Chicago Bears signed a veteran quarterback, Andy Dalton, And then they drafted a quarterback, Justin Fields, in the first round, 11th overall. And honestly, I got to say, just Andy Dalton alone would already have been the best quarterback that Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach, has ever had in Chicago. In his time in Chicago, so he took the job in 2018, and uh, by the way, he won NFL Coach of the Year in 2018, but Matt Nagy inherited, he did not draft him, he inherited Mitchell Trubisky, who was already on the Bears roster when Matt Nagy became the head coach. And by the way, let me ask you a question, because I think it's important to say this, too. What, what's Matt Nagy's job? Was Matt Nagy's job to save Mitchell Trubisky? No. Matt Nagy's job is to win games. Matt, Matt Nagy's job is not to— Is the same way that Sean McVay's job was not to save Jared Goff. Sean McVay's job with the Rams is to win football games. So he inherited Mitchell Trubisky, and then the Bears traded for Nick Foles. So the two, you know, starting quarterbacks Matt Nagy's had in his time in Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky, a guy who, frankly, was way, way overdrafted. I think Trubisky could have been a solid quarterback if he'd been a like I, I actually liken him a lot to Ian Book, the guy who went to the Saints in the fourth round. They're a very similar skill set, and if he'd had time to sit, no pressure. No expectations of being a franchise quarterback. I don't, would have loved to see what Mitchell Trubisky could have become in a different scenario, in a different with a different, different draft pick. But he never should have been the number two overall pick. So Trubisky was a mess. And then Nick Foles, by the way, the other Bears quarterback recently, couldn't even win the starting job as the quarterback in Jacksonville. <laughs> like uh, Jacksonville paid him a ton of money, hoping he'd be their guy, and they got rid of him. And that's for a reason. It's because Nick Foles, again, like Nick Foles is at a very brief stretch of his career where he is really good, won one Super Bowl one time. That's about it. And the opinion of Matt Nagy right now, the Bears head coach, is very, very low. A lot of people have a very low opinion of Matt Nagy. But he now has two new quarterbacks. Andy Dalton, who is competent and solid. And the Bears have Justin Fields, who is dynamic and exciting, and very, very talented. And I really believe that Andy Dalton and Justin Fields will change people's opinion of Matt Nagy. I'm asking you, get ready to watch this year and go, oh, you know, Matt Nagy, it makes sense why he won Coach of the Year in 2018. He's not a terrible coach. I think people will once again realize that Matt Nagy actually is a good football coach when they get to watch him have... Andy Dalton as his quarterback, and Justin Fields as his quarterback. In recent years, Chicago has had some really, really good play calls. And then also had really, really poor execution by one of the Bears' quarterbacks. If a coach calls a great play, but the quarterback reads it wrong or, you know, misses the throw, that's not on the coach. I saw many times where Matt Nagy was dialing up really good play calls with good matchups and had people open downfield and Trubisky wouldn't see it or would miss a throw or Nick Foles would force it in trouble coverage. I'm like what are you doing, dude? Go watch film of Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles. They did not fail because of their coach. They were given good opportunities and did not capitalize. So I got, guys. I think people are about to change their tune on the bears head coach, Matt Nagy. I don't love Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton is decent. He's not going to miss wide open touchdowns. He's not going to miss easy, simple throws that we saw both of the Bears quarterbacks in recent years miss. Andy Dalton alone is the best Bears quarterback in years, which is not the most encouraging thing to say. But hey, okay, we got a decent, competent quarterback. We meaning the Bears. Plus the Bears also have Justin Fields in waiting. And so I I think, man, like Matt Nagy calling plays for Justin Fields. Oh, boy, that's exciting. And Andy Dalton, again, can execute and isn't going to horribly screw up and do just awful, awful things. He's going to be solid and make decent throws and not going to wow anybody. But again, Andy Dalton's not going to miss wide open receivers. And if he has people wide open, he's going to throw them the ball. That, that's kind of all you can ask is a guy that can execute and be somewhat accurate. That's what Andy Dalton can do. So I am really, really excited to watch Matt Nagy coach this year, see what he can do. And I think people are about to change their opinion about Matt Nagy and go, oh, yeah, kind of having a good quarterback does matter just a little bit. Watch what Matt Nagy does with better quarterbacks this year. We'll see I, I, if he can't coach Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, then fine then fine, we we can say, like, people can be critical of Matt Nagy, and I'll go, you know what, you're right, fair enough. But I don't think it's fair to judge Matt Nagy on Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles, who couldn't even win the job in Jacksonville. That's what I'm trying to say. I cannot wait to see what happens with Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears with their new starting quarterbacks. I guess with their new quarterbacks, one of them will start, and then another will eventually start, but they got two new quarterbacks, and uh, I cannot wait to see what happens with Matt Nagy. Moving forward. Okay. uh, Let's shift gears. I did not think. I would talk about this subject. At all. But it sucked me in. It got my attention. And I'm I'm actually kind of excited for this event. So Jake Paul. Is fighting Floyd Mayweather. (laughs) On June 6th. Uh, And yes a YouTuber. Is about to get. Demolished in a fight against a 49-0 boxer Floyd Mayweather. Now, I I struggle with a lot of the, the world of fighting because it's marketing. And it's hype and drama and nonsense. And, like, for example, there's a moment where recently Jake Paul stole Floyd Mayweather's hat and ran off going, like, I got your hat! I got your hat! And it's like, dude, that's all just nonsense to grab attention and I I hate feeling manipulated so that moment didn't excite me but here's what does excite me here's why I'm in on the Jake Paul Floyd Mayweather fight is that Jake Paul is a wonderful villain I mean there's a lot of people who I think will want to watch Jake Paul just get his bell rung by Floyd Mayweather they don't even care about they don't want a good fight they don't want they don't want a good back and forth. They don't think that Jake Paul's going to win, but they want to see Jake Paul get knocked out. I think there's a lot of people that feel that way. He's a great villain. Again, he's a guy who is he's not very likable. I don't know I don't know how you if you know you know. If you're aware of Jake Paul, you are or you aren't. Uh, if you're not aware of Jake Paul, you certainly would not care about this fight at all. But Jake Paul's about to make truckloads of money. And frankly, from a business standpoint, it's a great move for anybody to do a fight like this where, I mean, look, if you want to beat me with an inch of my life, but you're going to pay me millions and millions of dollars. I think, man, well, okay. I get the crap beat out of me, but I'm, I'm very, very wealthy. And I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier to sit in a hospital bed and heal and recover. It's a lot easier to do that recovering in a hospital bed than it is to find other ways to make millions and millions of dollars. So the fight makes a ton of sense for Jake Paul. It's easy money for Floyd Mayweather. He's going to probably finish the fight 50-0. and 0. And uh, I got to say, though, it's got my attention. I, I, he's a great villain who a lot of people want to see get their bell rung. I think there's going to be a lot of attention on this fight. And I don't know. I, I, I have no belief it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a beatdown. But it's going to be interesting. And that is why the Jake Paul Floyd Mayweather fight has my attention. Okay, last topic of the day. I wanted to find something to supplement the show. It, I've been talking for like 25, 24 minutes. It's not very long. I'm like, okay, I got to find one more thing to talk about. Uh, and I got a message from David on Patreon. David wrote in. And so, by the way, I'm going to read a question from Patreon. You can submit questions. Go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. That is how David wrote in with his question. David said this. Hey, Zach, I recently watched your vid on Mac Jones' draft profile again, and you started it with that you don't see a reason not to draft him on tape. And I disagree. He has a red flag, and it's a big one in my opinion. And by the way, it's not that he's from Alabama or the Alabama roster. The reason why Mac Jones was my sixth uh, quarterback, second round at best, is because he's unathletic. This is why David does not believe in Mac Jones. He said, when, when was the last quarterback with his or worse athleticism coming out of college where the quarterback had a good career, in your opinion? Was it 2016 with Jared Goff? 2015 with Jameis Winston? 2014 with Jimmy Garoppolo? 2012 with Kirk Cousins? I think they're all okay at best. And besides Goff and Winston, they were not seen as first rounders. The last good one, from my perspective, was from 2009, 11 years ago. Matthew Stafford with a slightly better with slightly better athleticism. The NFL is changing, and the era of the superstar pocket passer is dying, if not dead already. So, yeah, we're about to see Drew Brees retire, Big Ben retire, Philip Rivers. Sorry, Drew Brees did retire. Philip Rivers did retire. Big Ben will retire after this year. Then we're left with a couple, here's a couple pocket quarterbacks doing very well. Uh, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr. Uh, I think the biggest one is Tom Brady. Tom Brady historically is not a good athlete, but he just won a Super Bowl. So you can doubt pocket passers, are they going away or not? Here's where I, where I really, really disagree with David. I, I think you're wrong about Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is mobile. He just can't run from sideline to sideline. Mac Jones is not going to run outside the pocket and run for like 50 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, you know, he can't run like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. I agree with that. But if you watch Mac Jones on film, he does extend plays. He just does it within the pocket. He steps right. He steps left. He misses. There's a great play against, gosh, Auburn, where there's a guy behind Mac Jones going to sack him. He steps up. It's like he just feels the defender. He steps up, moves right, throws a touchdown on a corner, and you're like, that's a great play. That's a great play within the pocket. He's got incredible footwork. Mac Jones is not a statue. Mac Jones can move around in the pocket. He does keep plays alive by moving in the pocket. He's got maybe, you could argue, and this is all subjective, so there's no way to measure this, but you could argue that Mac Jones maybe had the best footwork in the pocket of any quarterback in the twenty twenty-one NFL draft. So you're not wrong, by the way, David. I I you the NFL is trending towards mobile quarterbacks. I would rather have a quarterback who could run. If I me, I told the four I wanted the 49ers to draft Trey Lance over Mac Jones, because I'm like, Trey Lance can do stuff Mac simply cannot do. You ever play Madden? I do every time. And I I would rather play with a guy who's got like 78 speed. And can like at least run like there's nothing open and you see a lane you can run for like five yards and slide, than a dude who's just a brick and a statue and can't do anything. Like that sounds like silly to talk about Madden, but my point is I really like mobile quarterbacks a lot. However, I don't believe Mac Jones' inability to run or extend plays outside the pocket or run for yardage. I don't think that's going to hold Mac Jones back. He's a really good decision maker. He gets the ball out of his hands very quickly. He can beat the blitz throwing, which is like one of the most important things is if someone blitzes, do you try to run or, you know, escape a sack? Or do you just find the weakness in the defense, find the best matchup and throw the football? Justin Fields tries to run away from blitzes and that doesn't work in the NFL. Mac Jones hangs out in the pocket, finds the open man or finds his best matchup and throws the football. I hear you. It makes a lot of sense why you're concerned. And I'll tell you what, Mac Jones is not my first option. As a quarterback, I'd rather have a guy who could run. But he is mobile. He he can move very, very well within the pocket. He extends plays. And so, David, I, I disagree. I hear your concern, but I just disagree. I think Mac Jones, if you're going to doubt Mac Jones, I don't think that's a good enough reason, in my opinion, to say that Mac Jones is not going to work in the NFL. Guys, my name is Zach Shomler. Thank you so very much for tuning in short episode today I told you it would be uh Monday I believe I got some I got I'm doing some uh, some work for a pretty big company uh, some camera work I'm at a at a MLS game so I'll be doing uh, later today tomorrow's the game set up today uh, and kind of running through everything so I'm, I'm doing some freelance work this weekend Monday uh, I'm recording we'll be doing the AFC West predictions versus reality uh i've got a really fun compilation of uh justin for justin herbert that'll be fun to do uh, and then we'll also talk about the formula one race happening on sunday in spain so expect another show on monday five topics minimum some ask zach questions for sure and uh that's all i have guys i love you i appreciate you hope you have a great day and uh but bum bam we are done